Good morning. It is January 16, 2024. This is the Paul Green Comedy Podcast, episode 48. Ooh, I'm almost at 50 episodes. This is a podcast uh, for dreamers by a dreamer like myself. I am a stand-up comedian, actor, improviser. Uh, looking for all of the fame and fortune and opportunities that can come along with being successful as a comedian. And I'm just sharing my journey as transparent and honestly as I can for anybody who wants to give a listen. So I am actually really exhausted. Yesterday was Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Shout out to one of the great dreamers of all time who literally said, I had a dream and I spent my holiday helping my mom move. So that was my uh, that was my day off was uh, lifting furniture for hours, but you know, gotta help out mom. So um, has some good news. I booked a gig yesterday, which was really cool. A good comedian friend of mine named Andrew Norelli. He was a very talented, uh, successful stand-up comedian. Bit of a mentor of mine. Uh, referred me to some people who were looking for a uh, comedy show as part of like a private birthday party at their house. So (laughs) that should be fun and interesting. I have done smaller intimate shows like that, like literally in people's living rooms. And it's uh, it it actually can be a lot of fun. Uh, You know, everybody knows each other. They're all there having a good time. So, uh, yeah, I booked that gig here in a couple weeks, and I booked uh, another gig in Missouri uh, that I will be doing at the end of February. So, looking forward to all of that. If you're in the Phoenix area, I've got um, some gigs coming up this week. At Thursday, I will be in West Phoenix and Glendale at Stir Crazy Comedy Club on Thursday night. And then Friday and Saturday, I'm going to be at JP's Comedy Club in Gilbert. I also started reaching out to a handful of comedians and other professionals who I know personally and asked them to be guests on my podcast. So uh, those of you who have been following along, you're not going to have to just listen to me blab on about my dreams. I'm going to start bringing on guests who are performers, comedians out there hustling and grinding as well so we can uh, see what their perspective is, what their journey is, what they're going through. So I am looking forward to that. So one thing that's been on my mind, which is a little bit of inside baseball for stand-up comedians specifically, is there's a sort of, I don't want to, say, I keep saying sort of, uh, I don't know if it's an argument, it's not really an argument, it's it's a discussion, and it's this idea of, as a stand-up comedian, it's, it's a little different than I think people maybe think, um, if you're not a stand-up comedian. It seems that sort of the general assumption that a lot of people have for stand-up comedians is that when we are on stage, we just riff we're just spontaneously coming up with 
this material because that's what it sounds like. That's not actually true. Most stand-up comedy, with few exceptions, is meticulously written and rehearsed. Now, it's written and rehearsed to be performed as though it's spontaneous, but it's actually not. So what does this have to do with anything? So there's this idea as a stand-up comedian that some stand-up comedians have, which is you don't want to burn your material. Meaning once you have a joke, you almost want to protect it. And it's an interesting dichotomy because the whole reason you write a joke is to tell it to as many people as possible and to get as many people to laugh at that joke as possible. However, the fear is, for a lot of comedians, is that if too many people see that joke, then they can't tell that joke anymore. And that becomes more of an issue if a comedian gets like a, a television opportunity, um, you know, so they do their first like, uh, you know, Conan O'Brien set. I, I know Conan O'Brien is no more, um, or at least the Conan O'Brien show, but you know what I mean? Uh, now it would be like Seth Meyers or uh, Colbert or Jimmy Kimmel, right? So you get your you get that television set, but then the concern is, okay, I've now done this set to a mass audience. Now, when I when the comedian goes and performs live, the concern is that they have to do all new material because the audience who are coming to see them will have already seen that joke and are going to want an entirely new set of jokes and material. And there is truth to that, by the way. Now, why am I bringing this up? Because the flip side of that is, especially in today's marketplace, you have to put your material out there. And you have to put it out there as much as you can to try to get people to want to listen to you in the first place. So with the emergence of social media over the last 10, 15 years, which of course has just completely changed every game, every industry, and stand-up comedy, there's a lot of comedians, myself included, who have a huge hesitation to putting their jokes online because, again, the concern is, well, if I put all my material online and then I do a live gig, and then everybody's seen all my jokes online, then they're going to be disappointed. And I adopted that fear for a long time. And something shifted in me, and I was just thinking about this today, so I'm going to share it for whatever reason. And my thought was, nobody really knows who I am anyway right now. <laughs> I, I have a very negligible social media following currently. I am looking to gain a much broader audience. And how is anybody going to get to know who I am, barring me getting some sort of very lucky big break? I mean, but I mean, even, I mean, what big breaks are there? I mean, when's the last time any of you have has like watched The Tonight Show? 
and watched the whole show or watched all of Jimmy Kimmel, right? So it's not like it was when like Jerry Seinfeld was coming up, which is, hey, if you can get on Johnny Carson, you get a couple Johnny Carson sets. Everybody in the country is watching the Johnny Carson show. So if you can get your five-minute, seven-minute stand-up comedy set on the Johnny Carson show, you know, you move out to New York, you hustle, you grind the uh, bookers of the Tonight Show uh, with Johnny Carson are all going to all of the New York comedy clubs. Yeah, you, you know, I just maybe that past still exists somewhere, but it doesn't seem as likely that that's the path, at, at least not for me. And a couple of years ago, I just went, I I have a lot of material that. I've filmed, I've had a couple like comedy specials where I had a videographer come out and I'm sort of hoarding all of this material because I don't want to burn the material. I don't want to put it out there. And then all of a sudden I get famous and then I got to go tour and do an hour and I'm doing all this old material. And then the audience is disappointed. And it was sort of this fear mindset and also a bit of a um, scarcity mindset of, I only have so many jokes. I have to hold on to them. They're they're my precious. They're my precious. <laughs> little little golem for you. And I just finally went. You want to know what? Nobody knows who I am. Nobody cares who I am. I, I yes, I, there are people who care what I mean, who I am. But y- you know what I mean. In terms of celebrity, there's if I quit comedy tomorrow, like. A couple people would maybe call me and be like, hey, I thought you were doing comedy. Oh, you're not anymore? Okay, well, good luck. So how am I I going to get discovered without being discoverable? It's it's this weird dichotomy. It's like, I want to be famous and I want everybody to know who I am while remaining completely anonymous. It's like I want to hang out in the shadows and then all of a sudden have everything pop at once to where I am now thrust into the limelight of fame, and I got there without anybody ever having known I existed or ever have heard a joke that I've ever told, so that instantly I can now go tour with this old material, which would be new to everybody, and then I can write new stuff at that time. And I finally just went, no, I'm going to put everything out there. I'm going to post every single joke I've ever told online um, and see if maybe any of it actually pops or goes viral. Hasn't happened, but I mean, I've had, I've had some clips do, do okay. Uh, not viral in any sort of sense that actually means anything, but uh, viral relative to what I normally get. And aside from how this is playing out specifically in, in my journey, I think that what I'm un- starting to understand is how much fear and scarcity and limited 
mindset can hinder so much potential progress. Just this fear of, oh, I can't burn my material. Oh, I can't, I can't put my material online. I can't let people see this joke because if people see this joke and then uh, the duh, and then I get a gig and then people are mad, blah, 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 blah. And I used to think that way. And now I'm just going, I can think of no cooler problem to have as a stand-up comedian than to realize that so many human beings have seen a joke of mine and they loved the joke so much that now they're buying a ticket to see me perform. And now I actually get to perform for an audience. And I realize that this audience has heard all of the material I've ever written. And so all of a sudden, I now need to go and write brand new material to keep an audience of fans happy. That sounds like a really good problem to have. The problem I have now is nobody cares. A, out of the 8 billion people in the world, if I round up to the nearest uh, millionth person, 0% of the world has <laughs> have heard my joke. I think that math checks out. You'd have to round up to the hundred, to the billion. Uh, okay, I don't want to try to figure this out. I'm too tired. But you get the point. So I am now just going any any joke that I've written that has ever gotten any sort of positive response from an audience. I'm doing my best to, to cut it and make it social media friendly as best as I can with the resources I have while also realizing that it's just my stand-up comedy and it kind of is what it is. I'm not I'm not trying to get go viral for viral's sake. I'm just wanting to share my comedy with as broad of an audience as possible and what broader our audience is there than the internet and the potential of the internet at least for where I'm at, I would love it if it was 1980 and I could hustle in New York and get on The Tonight Show and The Tonight Show could launch me into stardom. Uh, that isn't the case as far as I can tell anymore. And I think to broaden this concept is just courageously putting yourself out there and letting go of all of the fears that could potentially go wrong because there's always going to be things that can go wrong. Now, is there a counter to that argument? Sure. There is maybe such a thing as making sure you're ready uh, to, to really launch yourself you know, maybe a certain amount of preparation. There is such a thing as, you know, it's hard to make a good second impression. So maybe if you're not ready for a certain step and then you take that step, 
and it goes horribly bad, then there might be a lot of rebuilding. But it, and it, again, all of that's just sort of fear, fear uh, mitigation, and and I'm not saying fear doesn't doesn't have a place, and there isn't such thing as taking calculated wise risks, but. I know in my life, I, a lot of my inaction or a lot of my um, concern or fear of putting myself out to the world in a, in a way that I actually potentially could be seen was not necessarily fueled by uh, wise uh risk calculations it it really was just fear and fear manifested in a lot of different ways fear of failure fear of being seen how about a fear of actually getting what i want <laughs> it's like that it's like for that uh quote from uh the Heath Ledger's Joker he's like I- i'm i'm just a dog chasing a car. I wouldn't know what to do if I got one. That wasn't a very good uh, Heath Ledger Joker impression. But man, I just I just think of how much I have reined myself in and just stayed small, stayed safe under the um, guise of wisdom and oh well I just don't want to burn my material because you know if I burn my material I say no I'm just afraid. I was just afraid of, well, what if I actually put this joke out there and it's not good? Or what if it gets trolled? Or, or oh, yeah, I'm going to put this joke out there and then I- I'm going to be famous overnight and then uh, I'm gonna- audiences are going to be pissed because now I-, I haven't been able to write a whole new hour overnight. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 pretty pretty far-fetched that I would be in a situation so quickly to where every joke that I've ever put online has been seen by an audience and they are expecting new material. Um, I don't really think as a comedian you get to that point until you're, you know, you're popping out a Netflix special every year. You know, Bill Burr probably needs to worry about that. Bill Burr, when he does this set on Netflix, I know because I listen to his podcast, I know that he has his next hour already in the works. So once his Netflix special releases, then he starts working on his next hour and he already has his next ideas. So when he starts hitting clubs and he does, but he'll go do 15, 20 minute sets. And because he's Bill Burr, obviously he can get in anywhere and he can hop on stage and do 15, 20 minutes so he can work out a new hour of material every year. That sounds like a great problem to have. Oh man, my Netflix special just came out and millions of people watched it. And so now when I go to the comedy store uh, this next week after my Netflix special has released, I have to write new material. Ugh. What a horrible situation to be in. It's like, no, that means I've made it. So the 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 thing that I feared is now the thing that I welcome. 
I used to be afraid of burning material, quote unquote. Now I would love it if my material actually was burnable. <laughs> oh my gosh, this joke is actually burned. I, I, I was touring and I told this joke and the audience groaned and they said, we've already heard this. Write something new, you hack. Oh my gosh. This audience paid to see me and they know my joke and now they are disappointed in me. And now I get to rise to the occasion and uh, and produce more material. So I don't disappoint. I I actually have an audience to disappoint. I have a fan base. <laughs> what a bummer, am I right? So anyway, I don't know uh, how that might... Uh, translate to whatever it is that you're uh that you're working through in in your journey and in your dreams but to me i just think the guiding principle this felt very uh college professor the guiding principle in this podcast is to not allow fear to govern your decisions but let Joy and abundance be your guy. Okay, that that didn't work out very well. But I think you all get the point, hopefully. So, my friends, that is what I have for you today on January 16th, 2024, episode 48. Two episodes from 50. How exciting is that? Um, I love you all very, very much. Thank you for listening. I hope your journeys are going well. You are realizing your dreams, and I will... Check in with you tomorrow.